Welcome to Creative Aperture, the podcast focused on what it means to be a creative. Today on the show, we've got Isaac, or better known as Knoopsy, on. Um, he's a friend of mine up in Toronto, Canada, and uh, I thought I'd get him on the show and just kind of see how he's doing as a creator, as a human being, and uh, yeah, so how's it going, man? Good, thank you. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Life's been interesting. It's been great. It's been terrible. It's been amazing. Um, like, it's it's weird because my my canvas is completely shut down. So it's now I'm kind of just locked inside all the time. Been trying to create a little bit, but you know it's sometimes hard to find the motivation or like feel like life is normal with all of this going on. And so it's weird to work on non, you know, quarantine related or coronavirus yep. related content. And it feels unimportant in some ways but i know it's important to you know try to keep on creating and keep on exercising that muscle but it's it's definitely weird yeah i feel you on that one i mean the thing is when i go on youtube or on twitter or instagram all i see is quarantine content and i mean that's what everybody's thinking about it's really hard to make a video about a phone or a tablet when there's people dying and it's just chaos in the world but like it's it's really important to make content that doesn't reflect this time because people don't right. want to see it over and over and yeah. over again. But I mean, it's a weird time. We'll get through it. We've been through worse. It is what it is. <laughs> right. It's weird because it's in many ways, I feel like people expect you to create content that True. Yeah. is related to it. But at the same time, we're also very tired of it. But then it feels weird when it doesn't reference it. And so it's just this weird balance you have to hit. Exactly. You got it. Yeah, so I thought we'd kind of um, kind of turn back the time and see um, how did you get started in doing YouTube? Because right now your YouTube is pretty big. I can't remember what how many what what the numbers are exactly on your channel, but it is is quite massive at least from my perspective. And um, how did you get started in all of that? And and what what was that journey like? Well, okay, so this was quite a while ago. Um, Two thousand seven. How many years ago was that? That was like oh wow, what thirteen years ago. <laughs> Sounds about right no, to no, me. No, no, I can't do. Wait, I can't do it either. I'm, I, thirteen years. Wow, that is thirteen years ago. I was like, wait a minute, that's okay. all right. No way, it is. That works. I, I couldn't tell you. I, I haven't, yeah, I haven't counted. Two thousand seven. All right. I mean, that's a year after YouTube came out. YouTube mm-hmm. came out two thousand six. I thought I'd make a channel just for fun. I'm like, you know, I'll just. Why not? Right? People are making their channels. I don't know if I'll make any videos. I made it, and then throughout the throughout that time for the first year or two. I just posted like random stuff. I just posted stupid videos, little clips I filmed on my uh, little digital camera at the time, little comedy bits. And then over time, my channel kind of went stagnant and then evolved into different things. It became like a, a toy review channel as I was growing up. It became a, uh, a gaming channel later on. And then mm. later on in high school, um, I really, I've always been interested in technology. But in high school, I took a huge interest in in tech in general when I got my first iPod. And that was sort of the device that introduced me to the world of the Apple ecosystem. And mm. over time, I'm like, this is there's some cool stuff here. So I started making videos. Um, was really inspired by people like MKBHD at the time, as we all kind of are in, in many ways. Right. Yep. And I started reaching out to companies to get review units. And sort of within the last five or six years, it's sort of become... Like, it's basically become the biggest part of my life besides school. Wow. Um, it's been a lot of uh, emailing companies. Whenever I'm not working on schoolwork, I'm working on video work, filming, recording, writing scripts. And 
it is it's such an interesting I guess job I guess you could say because you have right. to learn so much in such a short period of time like you have to be able to learn how to do graphic design and, and photography and video work right. and how to deal with audio and legal and lawyer stuff and business right. talk and it's it's just crazy so yeah. that's kind of how it started from just early beginnings of you know what I'll make a channel why not everybody's doing it to sort of a full operation I guess you could say Interesting, interesting. Do you feel like there was like a very uh, specific moment when things really started taking off to where you were like, okay, I think I'm going to, you know, go 100% into this and really try to make this, you know, my job and my main source of income? Well, honestly, this is something people don't really know about me is I'm very, Mm -hmm. I'm very unprofessional. I'm quite carefree when it comes to a lot of things. So (laughs) I wouldn't even say that I've fully committed to it at this point like I still <laughs> I still haven't really said okay this is your job this is your business you got to take really right. good care of this no I'm just kind of just going every single day I'll see what happens like I don't really right. take it seriously as many other people do I don't look at views I don't look at my subscriber count I don't even look at analytics really I just kind of just you know I'm just kind of here winging it every day and just hope whatever I do people will watch and if I enjoy doing it I'll keep doing it and the moment it's not fun I'll just kind of stop I guess yeah. but I guess kind of one point in time where it really kind of clicked as being there's some potential here um, was I was looking for a review unit of a Galaxy S7 I believe and I was emailing yeah. a bunch of carriers here in Canada and uh, TELUS who I've worked with now for since like I don't know five years now they replied wow. back saying yeah sure we'll send you an S7 I'm like this is amazing I've always wanted to use one of these Android phones they sent it and that was like the first big review of a product right. I ever had. Like everything before was like battery packs and like old tech I had. So that was kind of, I guess, a turning point, I would say, if I had to choose one. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Um, for, for me, it's been interesting too with, with trying to make YouTube some sort of income. Like at this point, it's a very, very small amount of my income. Most of, most of what I do is you know, contractual work for other YouTube channels, other um, businesses that want videos and things like that. And it's not so much, you know, just YouTube through AdRev or even sponsored videos, which at this point I have one sponsor and that's D-Brand and very thankful for that. It's been been a lot of fun working with them. They're amazing. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But um, it's interesting to kind of come from that other side of like, for me, I am at this point trying to make YouTube something that I really want to pursue and make it to where it is some, you know, passive income in a sense um and with like you know affiliate links and all that which i just read something recently about how uh, amazon's cranking that down and i'm like oh crap uh but um you know when things go back to normal i really want to try to make something where it's you know another not a primary source maybe secondary source of income just because with school and everything trying to balance all that is really hard um but it's weird for me as a cinematographer trying to really go hard on YouTube when what I want to do isn't necessarily the content I'm creating on YouTube because, you know, YouTube is a very specific format and it's very, um, yeah, it's not very, you know, conducive to all the things that I want to do specifically, but at the same time, it is still fun and it is still something I really want to do. Um, although I, have you seen, uh, his name is Josh, uh, make art now. He recently released a video called Anamorphia and it is mind blowing. It's a. I, th- I think I've heard Patrick, of it. I think I've heard yeah, of it. Yeah, Patrick. Patrick Tomasa was talking about this on uh, one of the recent episodes of Top Comment um, on this like group, group chat type thing. And he was talking about how it feels like another, another genre in YouTube. It's not a review, although technically it's a review of a lens. Um, 
but it's basically a short film slash TV show slash movie kind of. Um, obviously, you know, countless hours were put into it, and it and is a it is a masterpiece of a of a YouTube video. But um, that that really got my gears turning. I'm like, it'd be fun to do something like that, but it would take a lot of work, and I'd have like one video out a year, which. Although, if we think about it, I've only put out like one video in the past six months because of school and work and all that. So maybe that wouldn't be all too different. But um, it is something I kind of want to look into and kind of want to play around with. Um, for you, what is so are, is YouTube like your only source of income or are you also doing like do you have like a part time job or anything like that? And that also helps kind of supplement your income. No, I mean, YouTube is YouTube is it. Um, oh, wow. I've only ever been to one job interview it was actually at, at the Apple store. <laughs> And oh, wow. uh, they turned me down very quickly. It was, it was very interesting. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> but yeah. it, YouTube has kind of been my only source of income for a while. And like we've, you, you mentioned a few of the different, uh, the different routes. There's right. um, affiliate revenue, which, yeah, that's, that's going to be rough. Uh, yeah. There's AdSense. There's uh, sponsored content. There's some of the stuff that isn't posted on YouTube, but I work with brands for just, you know, photos or video clips that they would want. Right. Or, or if, like, for example, my school, they, they hired me for a few videos um, oh, wow. just for, like, orientation stuff or talking about, nice. like, residents. So if you look close enough on YouTube, you can probably find me talking about student residents, but I wouldn't recommend looking. Um, <laughs> so, like, there's, there's a few different sources, like, things that have been on YouTube as a platform, on social as a platform, and stuff that has stemmed out of that business. So right. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's okay. I would say it's fun. Interesting, interesting. So then now with coronavirus and with things shutting down and the economy kind of tanking a little bit how has that affected youtube as far as ad revenue and all those different you know ways that you're making money on youtube specifically how how has that affected you i wouldn't say that it's necessarily affected me that much financially like okay. it's been it's been a good two months because there's a lot of cool tech coming out the ipad pro being one of them and mm. you know the new iphone se that's going to be a big deal the OnePlus devices right. coming out like Tech companies aren't putting anything on hold, and that yeah, is, which is all. Really good. That, yeah, that's it. That's really all I need because, you know, people might not be buying things on uh, on Amazon as much. That's fair. Right. Brand ad spend might be going down a little bit. Uh, AdSense mm-hmm. for a lot of people has been dipping, but for me, I haven't really noticed that big of a change just due to the fact that, like, you know, there are some high performing popular videos right now that people want to see reviews on. Plus. People are at home a lot, yeah. so they're watching a lot of content. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't say it's affected me too much just yet, but you know, yeah. knock on wood, I guess. Right, right. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, have you seen a general trend as far as YouTube goes with with creators trying to deal with this whole, you know, trying to balance the dichotomy of you know, addressing quarantine and not addressing, how have you kind of approached that and handled that with your own content in this kind of weird time? Yeah. So <clears throat> the only piece of content I've really addressed the, the, the virus in is mm-hmm. in my, in my latest video, the iPad day in the life uh, thing I made. And in that video, the, the one limitation I had was I wanted to show how my daily life looks every day, whether it be to school, just to, to coffee shops, to work, but I want to show my day in the life in a video form, but not me just sitting at home doing nothing because that's what I'm doing right. right now. So I had to take a step back and think, how can I actually showcase 
life before quarantine in a way that looks like life before quarantine. I can't go outside, yeah. really. Can't go to any coffee shops. Can't go to school. So I decided to just kind of wing it and make it look yeah. like all the different environments, like school and coffee shops, were actually still open. So I just, I know, mm-hmm. I went down to my building's lobby, made it look like a coffee shop. In my own right. living room, I made it look like a school, my school desks with like, yeah. you know. So I'm trying to just make content that doesn't fall into the virus thing. Like I'll, if there yeah. are certain things, like I'll put disclaimers and stuff in videos saying this is filmed before the virus or this right. is filmed to make it look like I was outside or at a place, but obviously I can't because it was closed. Right. And I think like, you know, a lot of YouTubers who are outside of the tech space, they are definitely leaning into the whole virus for their content. And I mean, it's good to talk about it, but there's a bit too much of it going around right now. People just want to be able to feel, you know, informed, obviously, but they also want to just feel like nothing is wrong. They want to be able to feel like life is okay and calm and peaceful. So just constantly making content about the virus and just all that stuff, it just... It's so depressing at this time. Right. We don't we don't need any more sadness. We want hope. We want happiness. And you know, I don't think I'm someone who's going to make a video just about you know the whole quarantine and all that stuff because it's just so depressing. Yeah. Like I just want to go out. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally agree. Yeah. It's been it's been weird. Um, and you know, I've, I've considered trying to address it, trying to you know make a video about oh how I'm you know doing okay at home or how I'm you know, still exercising or whatever. And I might might put something out like that, but I don't really want to, like, make a, like, oh, everything's changed. Oh, look at these empty streets. Uh, no, 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 like, That's no. just that's, depressing. That's just it's sad. It's so and sad. So, it's overdone. Right. And, you're not even, and people are, like, some photographers are going out, some videographers are going out and filming these empty streets. Like, mm-hmm. that's not really what you're supposed to be doing right now. I mean, we're supposed to be right. kind of inside chilling. And right. it's just a sad thing. I think people want to feel happy during this time so the best thing to do is yeah maybe do some interesting stuff like i know good mythical morning i'm not sure if you watch them but yeah i do a little bit yeah what what they've done instead of you know being at their regular desk in their studio they basically split it off into a video chat and they make it look like it's like one unified desk like normal hmm. but yeah. they yeah but they theme everything for <clears throat> like in, like fun things for the quarantine like find right. the weirdest ingredient in your in your fridge and do like a challenge with that like that is how to make the quarantine work for content. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so shifting a little bit outside of this whole quarantine stuff, because I do want to just pretend as if it's not something that's going on right now yeah. um, and try to imagine what life is like and, and operate under that kind of um, mindset. But um, sh- you mentioned your, your iPad Pro day in the life kind of thing. Um, I, I really love that video, and I'm going to try to Thank remember you. to link it in the in the not description. What is it called? Podcast notes. I haven't done a podcast in a while. <laughs> Can you tell? Um, but um, I, I was watching that, and like it, it made me kind of excited to try to like use my iPad a little bit more. But for some reason, I have struggled to use the iPad as my primary computer. And you know, part of that might be because I do a lot of video work in Final Cut and Resolve, and I do programming and stuff. And it's hard to do that on an on an iPad, and that's not really going to change for the yeah, foreseeable future. But there are still a lot of things that I could totally do on my iPad. For instance, there's one of my clients is having me compile a list of some, um, 
I don't know how much I can say. I have to compile a list in a spreadsheet, right? And that's a very basic task that can be done in um, you know split view kind of thing on with you know Google Sheets open on one and a web browser open on another. And that's totally doable and it's not a big deal. But there's something about iPads that just feels slower and maybe it's my imagination maybe it's just some weird kind of like placebo type thing that i think that it's slower but it's really not but there's something about ipads that i can't quite like nail down that makes me less interested like it feels like it's less flexible and in some ways obviously it is because like windows and all that but like i want to use it so bad i need you i need your help to try to like <laughs> okay. feel okay with using my ipad as my main thing or like my secondary computer so the thing with the ipad pro is if you're trying to force it to replace certain things you do, it's not going to work. So hmm. the one place where I draw the line with using it is with video editing because yeah. I need the bigger screen. I right. really need certain things in Final Cut. And yeah, they are doable in LumaFusion or iMovie right. or Adobe Rush. But that is when I'll start hating the iPad is when I have to do all this extra work to make day-to-day -day tasks stressful or not, I don't know. I, I lost track of that sentence somewhere. But, like, I mean, there's certain things the iPad can't do, and that's fine. There's certain yeah. things my computer can't do either. So, the iPad is good for things that involve portability, the Apple right. Pencil, yeah. um, just the flexibility of the tablet is what really sells me. Like, I can take the thing, put it in a bag, and just go to a coffee shop and get my work done. And I can just fold it up and you know, it weighs nothing. It's so portable yeah. and half the things, like most of the things I do on my tablet are just day-to-day schoolwork, video work, watching stuff, scripting things. If I have to edit a photo, I'll edit a photo. And all I do yeah. on my computer now is just video editing and some Photoshop stuff. So I think if, you're, if you feel like the iPad is not working in your workflow, that's fine. It's not a right. device for everyone. Like right, not, right. you know, like there's certain things that don't work in people's lives and that's fine. But, right. you know, if you want to make it work, find the things it does well for you and just do those things. Like spreadsheets? Right. Sure, it's not really as powerful as like, you know, you know, uh Office or uh, right. Excel. But, you know, it's a lot funner to use cuz you can just go out and just start, you know, doing your spreadsheets or typing essays and stuff, but it's one of those devices that some people find the use, others will just see it as a pointless accessory. And that's totally fine. I see those comments yeah. every single day. It's like, this thing <laughs> is pointless. Why don't you just buy a Windows PC? And I'm like, I don't think I will. I think yeah. this works just for me, for what I use it for. Right. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get it. Yeah, I think for me, it works really well. Back when I, or actually, I'm still taking online classes because everything got shifted to online classes yep. for me. Um, but uh, the it's been really good for taking notes. It's it's really nice to be able to use. For me, I use um, it's not notability. Good notes. I use good notes because okay. I really like the idea of like these. It's like the um, it's not quite skeuomorphism, but it's like they have these little notebooks and these little cute little yeah, things. Yeah, that's you can right. change the, the covers and you can change the paper and all that. And it's a lot so of fun. Do, do you handwrite everything or do you type any stuff out for notes? So for one of my classes, I'm actually sort of required to handwrite. They say don't use digital notes, but I talk to the professor and they're like, yeah, as long as you print them out. Can I use my iPad them. Pro? <laughs> right. I was like, I want to save paper, et cetera, et cetera. And I can, you know, double print them and all that. And so they're like, all right, fine. As long as you handwrite them. And so I have to do that because um, we use for the testing, they do this really creepy thing. It's called Examity. Um, and I don't know if you have you ever used Examity or been forced to use Examity? Uh, not yet, 
<laughs> okay. Have you heard of it? I have not. Examity is, uh, it, it uses Zoom. It's a very creepy business. And um, a news organization reached out to me to, to interview me, and they're doing a piece on it, which should be coming out soonish. But Examity is a company that basically um, they offer services to these universities where uh, for online classes, uh, it's basically online proctoring for an exam. And so basically you install Zoom, you go to this Zoom link at a certain time because so you have to schedule it with their, their online proctors. You join the call. It's a random-ass person out in India or something like that. And they will they – they, you're required to use your camera so they can watch you the entire time. You're required to have your microphone on. You're required to share your entire screen. And then at a certain point, you're required to give them access to your computer as far as, like, remote control. Um, what? It is wild. And then while you're – there's a setup process where you have to, like – go through Examity first and then it'll open up the the like test site but while you're doing that you have to confirm your identity which involves typing your name typing your last name first name last name and then last name first name together but those fields coincidentally in Chrome they're considered uh, credit card forms meaning Chrome tries to autofill your credit card information in front of the proctor oh come on so yeah, this whole thing is a very effed up mess, and I really hate it. And so I complained on Twitter, and some journalists reached out to me, and they're like, yeah, this sounds crazy. We're going to look into it. Um, and so I'm hoping that article comes out. I haven't heard from them in a bit. But um, anyway. What? Really that, okay, that, that, that's whack, honestly. Yeah. That doesn't... Oh, oh, it just kept getting worse. Every time you kept, kept going on with that, it just kept getting here's, here's worse and worse. worse. <laughs> you have to be alone in your room, and during the like setup process, you're supposed to pick up your laptop and give them a full 360 of your room so what? that you can prove that no one else is in the room. Which is very easy to fake because you can have someone like hiding under a bed or, or even like behind the computer as you spin it around. Okay, I, d- computer, I did whatever. hear about that. I did hear about that part. Yeah. But like, so it is creepy as heck and it's a total violation of student privacy and stuff like that. And, and it's like so this pursuit dumb. of you know, academic integrity but at the cost of you know, individual privacy and I don't like it at all. It doesn't make any sense to me and I think... What is so important with school that we have to see exactly every detail about a person? Like, come on. Like, yes. just chill out. It's like an exam on, like, what? Like, English or something? Like, jeez. Right. Like, it, it's really ridiculous. That's, that's so terrible. I'm so sorry I have to deal with that. Like, that is... <laughs> I would be so pissed off if I still had to do, like, exams like that. Oh, my goodness. Right. Yeah. So, so that's why I have to take handwritten notes for one of my classes. Because I have okay. to show them that they're handwritten notes. So I do that on um, Good Notes. Although now with some of my exams, they're actually letting you just have open notes and stuff. And so I'm just, instead of handwriting them, I'm just typing them up because I can just like command F and find the term or whatever that I'm looking for. So now I'm switching over to using this app called Bear, which is this cross-platform iOS note-taking app. And it's a beautiful app. And they're working on a new um, editing engine that allows, uh, it's like full markdown support. So I'm excited about that. But I use that on my iPad and that's great. And so there there are definitely things I use the iPad for a lot for class-wise, but I just wish I could feel like I would pick that up first rather than my computer. Yeah. Um, And so I'm trying to figure out um, all of that and stuff. And, and obviously, it's not like I have to use my iPad, but it's nice because I did spend a lot of money on it, and so it would be nice to be able to use it more often. Um, so, like, so, like, what do you want to be able to do on it? Like, what do you find that's limiting? Um, I don't know. I feel like maybe it's the, the idea of not having Windows, even though, like, I still use my computer pretty much in, like, either full screen or split screen, but I don't know why I don't. And so I want to try to start using the, the mouse more with it and try to see if that's the thing that's going to kind of unlock it for me. And I, and I tried it a, a few days, or... When it came out, the day it came out, I updated, tried it. I was like, I love this. I haven't tried it since because I got busy. Yeah. But I feel like that's going to really kind of shift things because it feels more like 
like I can control it more like a computer in some ways, which obviously you know, might be some of that like forcing it to do a computer's job, but at the same time, I think it's gonna help um, my kind of my setup. But um, another thing that, that is limiting is that Lightroom doesn't support Fuji RAWs as well, or it doesn't render them quite the same way as Capture One does, and Capture One oh, is a Mac okay. or a desktop only computer or app. And so that also kind of affects it a little bit, but you know, it's, it's still, still a lot of fun. And I still use Lightroom when I'm like on my iPad, but it's just like not the perfect situation, but it's still, it's still good. Okay. So enough about iPad pro. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, cameras. I mentioned, you know, I shoot Fuji, I shoot uh, Blackmagic Pocket 4K. I think you are a Canon shooter. Is that right? Proudly a Canon shooter, proudly and not so proudly a Canon shooter. <laughs> Uh, I use the 90D. I up, I upgraded, I think, in the summer because. Okay. What? Okay, so I, the 80D was an excellent camera. Um, yeah. You used to have one. I know you. Yes, go, I did. <laughs> it was a really good camera, and the thing it was, it, it did a lot of good stuff for a lot of people. It had great image quality, and yeah. paired with a good lens, it could look amazing. But the problem yeah. is, is 1080p footage can be quite limiting, and not in the way that you yes. might think. So the, what, the, re, the main thing that sold me on getting a 4K camera like this was in the summer I had a video I had to produce, um, it was for Oculus, and what happened was essentially Oculus was very picky about the way the video had to be produced, I didn't really read the instructions well enough, and apparently right. to showcase their headset, the Quest, you have to show a room that was bigger than a certain dimension set. So yeah. a bigger room and no furniture in the way or anything. Now, I live in a very small space, so doing that and showing a really big room is quite a challenge. So yeah. I submitted a video to them and they told me, well, Isaac, it looks good, I love the video, but the problem is, is a few scenes here, it's showing you too close to furniture, that's a safety hazard, we can't be showing that in the content. And I'm like, it's over, we're finished, uh, this, this, right. this thing is done. And then I'm like, what if I just zoom in? And thankfully, the content was actually shot on my friend's A7 III. So right. it was in 4K. I was able to zoom in. It still looked yep. good. still looked crisp. And being able to just be that flexible with footage completely right. sold me on 4K. Now, not the Sony yeah. side. Never the Sony <laughs> side. Um, I agree with you there. But yeah, no, I made a trip out. It was about an hour trip to pick up this camera when it first came out. And I haven't looked back. It is an incredible camera. It's a bit too big. Honestly, I wish it was smaller. Yeah. Uh, that's not what she said. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a camera that is, uh, is, looks very prehistoric, but functions in a way that is exactly how I want. It is so simple, yeah. paired with the Sigma 18-35 1.8, it's everything I could want with the camera. It's just, it's a bit, it's a bit big, that's all. Yeah, no, yeah, I totally, totally agree. I think it's been weird operating only mirrorless cameras now for the past, I think it's been a year now. Yeah. And like... Uh, my girlfriend has a 60 Mark II, and it's it's a nice camera. It's full frame. It's beautiful, but yep. it's it's a, it's a it's a you know DSLR, and it's it's weird switching to that and being like this thing is huge. Yeah, the thing and, is crazy. Um, yeah, it's it's quite it's quite a shift coming from like the tiny little Fuji, which I'm actually technically using for this podcast, and that I'm using the um, cold shoe mount on top for uh, I'm not even gonna ask the mic. <laughs> okay, well, I'm using it to to mount my mic because oh, I don't have okay. a mic stand. And okay. I just took the, um, right now I'm using the DDS Mic 2, and I have that just going into Focusrite and then into my computer. But um, I, I need a way to, like, hold the mic, and so I have it. Just okay, that the, makes the sense. Camera. That makes sense. Yep. I, was, I thought it was some yep. crazy rig, and I'm like, you know what, this is beyond me. 
no, yeah, it's just it's just basically a stand right now, a dumb little stand, but uh, it's working. So yeah, yeah, you know, whatever that's works. Good. Yeah, eventually I'll get an arm for like a mic setup and all that. But I'm just like I'm saving money because I don't. Yeah, you don't have... really need it. I mean, you're making it work, yeah. so that's good. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, so then, curious why. Why wouldn't you go for something like the like a mirrorless camera, which would be smaller in some ways? Although I guess the R is a little bit bigger. But you know, why wouldn't you go for like the R instead of the the 90D? Well, there's just there's just so many stupid little factors. Like it took me four mm. or five years to actually buy a new camera uh, right. after getting the 80D. I had the T4i before. 80D was a game changer because the autofocus. And then yeah. I've just been waiting for a new camera ever since that would match what I wanted. So yeah. the pro- I'll go through the list of some of the, the cameras and their issues. Like Sony, I don't like the colors. I don't like the screen that doesn't flip out. I don't like the software. And there's just too many yeah. little bugs that I've noticed using the a7 III that just have drawn me away from it every single time. Uh, yeah. Panasonic, I just, I just don't think so. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fuji was the closest I was going to go. Honestly, like using Patrick's uh, X-T3, I think, it yeah. is a beautiful camera. Images are fantastic straight to the camera. Video is excellent too, but right. there's just something holding me back. So yeah. what really keeps me on, and Blackmagic, that's way beyond my pay grade. I can't deal with that. Right. Um, it's complicated. The things that keep me on, on Canon, especially this 90D, is number one, 4K with no crop. On mm-hmm. the EOS R, it is cropped. Even It's more cropped, even though this is an APS-C thing versus a full-frame camera. This is less of a crop than the EOS R. I might be wrong on yeah. that, but I think I'm right. Um, the, the autofocus on here is perfect. It looks natural. Doesn't look. It, it's always reliable. It's excellent. The colors, I don't even do any color correct anymore. I've given that up. I just literally mm. take it out of my camera, put it on my computer edit the clips together and post it. No color correction. Wow. You, you want to criticize me for that? It's fine. But hey, I mean, I don't have much time. So right, that is, right. that's one of the things. The colors are usually pretty good. The other thing yeah, is totally. the flip out screen. I don't know what I would do without that. It seems like such a small thing and I could get an external screen probably, but just the fact that I can control everything with a little touch screen that flips out, have a very small compact rig wherever I go, that's all I want. And just the yeah. fact that it's so easy to use, the remote app is so so handy for scenes where I'm filming by myself, um, and the fact that it's like, it's so simple. Like there's no complexities. It always works. It's, it's very reliable. Yeah. Batteries are cheap. That's kind of what keeps me on the Canon side of things. Like, it just feels like home at this point. And I've tried Sony cameras. I've tried Fuji cameras, but I just can't get away from the the conveniences that Canon brings, despite it being kind of old feeling camera in many ways yeah yeah yeah. no totally interesting yeah so like i you know i didn't have the add uh that was my second camera the first camera i got was a used t5i from b and h yep because i was just impatient and then i was like i cannot stand this autofocus i cannot stand this terrible performance and so i was like all right i think i'm gonna go for the add eventually got it used the uh Nifty 50 for a while, then upgraded to the 18 to 35, which I eventually sold, and now I have a, a Sigma 24 to 70 art lens, which is it's pretty good. It's not it's not the most amazing lens, but it's it, it does gets the job done for for the price and for everything. Um, but so I had the the ADD for a really long time, well a year, um, and then I um, <laughs> and then I, I I was like all right A7 III, I decided to go for that. Returned it in a week, uh, bought it, and then canceled it again. And then I uh, went for the Black Magic, and I've been 
quite happy with it. Um, it, it takes a lot of work to get the colors right. Um, yeah. Or, or understanding the process to get the colors right. Because uh, what's interesting with Resolve is that it's not the best piece of software. It, it's a you know industry standard you know color color grading suite, but it does not get color space transformations accurate. And so like you'll be color grading inside the app. It looks great. You export it. It looks desaturated and lower contrast, which means it's like exporting in a different color oh, space. That would end. And so you me. have to do a lot of a lot of work to 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 make sure it locks in. And um, I still haven't quite gotten it tweaked. I thought I got it tweaked, but it still wasn't quite right. Still working on that. But um, the general process for you know color grading on Blackmagic is fairly straightforward, and it looks really nice out of camera. And I don't have to do a lot of a lot of crazy stuff to the color, which is lovely. Um, and then I eventually got the the XT3 because I needed a photo camera, and now it's also like my video camera too when I don't want to do the Blackmagic. So it's a it's a it's a bit of a mess, but um, <laughs> it's my mess, and I am happy with it. That's good <laughs> so, as long as you're happy. Um, I mean, that's quite a setup. Yeah. Yeah. So I was curious about um, a little voice crack there. I was curious about your um, your balance between YouTube and school because you said you're, you're currently at university, I think, and or you're finishing that up, and um, you are also doing YouTube, and you've been doing that during the same time. And for me, you know, getting to college, which is university, I guess, there's not that clear distinction as in Canada, um, but like here, it's like you know, university and college is pretty much the same thing. Um, but you know, I got to my first year and I put out one YouTube video. <laughs> um, I still have yet to put out my second. I think, well, maybe I put out two videos, but I still have to put out my third video. And um, it's just hard to find the time and hard to like balance all of that. So, how are you doing that and how are you doing that so well? So, I don't think I'm doing it well at all. I mean, like, there's, I've said this before many times. If you're a student, any YouTuber, one thing has to suffer greatly. So, right. if I'm focusing on school, YouTube suffers. If I'm yeah. focusing on YouTube, school kind of suffers. And I really kind of confirmed that this semester, that, that theory is true because you can't do both perfectly. That's the thing. Yeah. And maybe, you know, on the outside perspective, you might think it looks perfect. People might think, wow, yeah. this is great. You're doing a great job. But like inside, you know that you're not doing your best schoolwork or you're not doing your best video work. And during uh, individual thesis uh, late last year, my YouTube side of things was kind of suffering because I had to focus on my own personal project for a whole semester and it was late nights till 3am most days and I was like you know what I gotta focus on this because it's only gonna be a month left that's it and then on this side of this semester it was group thesis and it allowed mm. me to really focus less on school and more on YouTube and I've seen a lot better growth this 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 year so far and also the content I'm making I'm a lot happier with so there's kind of this fine line of one thing always has to suffer and it's sad that's the way it is but right that's just how it'd be I guess yeah. um, some things that have been helpful are filming in different times and places that you wouldn't expect like I'll film stuff at school I'll, I'll right. hire friends to help me film certain clips um, there's some late nights Right. It's like, it, it's really quite a tough thing. And people who want to do YouTube and are also in college or university, I, mm. I, it's really challenging, um, yeah. especially with the course that involves a lot of creativity and a lot of thinking. You basically tire yeah. out your brain by the time you're about to start making videos. And it's like, you know what? I'm done. Like, I'm yeah. thinking about my own projects, how to make some cool stuff all day. And now i got to think about how to make this boring phone exciting. Um, <laughs> But there are courses, you know, that are less creativity based and more so just like, you know, 
um, just just grinding work, I guess. Right. Like spreadsheets and like writing essays. That stuff is easy at this point. Yeah. I can write an essay, a two thousand word essay, in about an hour and a half. That's what it's down to a yeah. science at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if YouTube and school don't suffer, your social relationships suffer. Like you, your yep. friendships suffer, and it's 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 like a tough thing, and it's always been like that for me, um, just because. I take this stuff very seriously, even though I don't take right. it that seriously. I care when I've started something. I really care about making it perfect if I can. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's. I wish I had a good answer. Right. Because people ask me this like so often. It's like, how do I do YouTube in school? How are you doing? And it's like, I wish I could give you advice, but all it is is disappointing because I I don't have an answer. It's it's just yeah. a struggle. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I've, I've been trying to, you know, try to balance that and with, you know, I, I try to use these different, you know, scheduling apps with Google Calendar and multiple calendars there and trying yeah. to like block out time and all of that. But then it's like easy to, you know, start getting really drawn into one project or whatever. And then you're like, okay, well, there goes my time for homework. And oh, wait, no, but I think yeah. the thing that do and then I'm going to wake up late tomorrow and then it just kind of throws everything off. And for me, if I wake up late, I've noticed that it really affects my uh, productivity, even though it shouldn't. Oh, hundred percent. No, you're hundred yeah. percent right. The five a.m. mornings, those are the yeah. best days by far. Not Absolutely. just in terms of work or, or productivity. You just yeah. feel better when you wake up early. When you wake up at ten, you feel like garbage. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the thing is, we're both human too. And it'd be yeah. great if we could just be like machines and just keep working and working and working. But we're <laughs> not. We have yeah. to stop. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to exercise. We got to eat. We got to drink. And we got to also just be around people too. Like if you're just alone right. all the time, like a lot of these, a lot of YouTubers, they spend a lot of time alone and that is the yeah. worst thing because number one, you're alone. And number yeah. two, like you lose track of what the world is really like. Yeah. Like you, your videos don't reflect how people actually think and just stuff like that. You lose track of the real world and that is the worst thing of all when it comes to work. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it sucks being human, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it, it was interesting because I did, I woke up, I think I've woken up once at five since this quarantine started. Yeah. Um, and that was specifically for a PFT I had. Um, that was this past Wednesday. Uh, it, it was weird, too, to, to meet a bunch of people. It was like 15 people, but it was for the Marine Corps, like, fitness test and so it was like required um but it was definitely weird like we actually we skipped one of the parts of the test which was the crunches part because for that you have to sit on the other person's foot or feet while they're doing the crunches to hold them down um and since they didn't want like physical contact between people they're like all right oh, we're just gonna skip that um but we still did our run still did our pull-ups and all that but that was at, i got up at five and but that day was amazing because i was super productive and got yeah. everything done and then the next day i woke up at 10 and i was like mm, yeah like don't the, like that the 5 6 a.m mornings just sitting down drinking coffee just watching the sunrise you're gonna go for a run super early yeah. in the morning it's a beautiful feeling and i think like it's some days it doesn't make any sense to wake up at 5 a.m especially if you have nothing right. to do all day which i've had the last few days it kind of right. sucks because your day is just super long and you're just kind of just tired but uh you know I, that's one of the, my recommendations is like just get up early like a couple days a week and just do something first thing in the morning because it hits real different let me tell you yeah no for sure so what have you got kind of going on for the next few weeks? Any kind of big videos you're excited about that you kind of want to maybe tease? Not that I have a, the biggest uh, listenership here, but um, any, anything you're excited about right now? Um, I think this is an interesting time because it's a challenge to make content that 
thinks outside the box with the restrictions right. we have. So yeah. I don't really have too much schedule, but I mean, it just it's kind of based on a lot of things that are, are being released. Like this is starting to, we're yeah. starting to hit, you know, that ramp up heading towards the big fall months. So yeah. I have a few pieces of iPad content that I haven't finished working on just yet. There is a big iPad desk setup I've been working on for about Ooh. four months now. It oh, is dang. absolutely huge, this one. It involves wow. a lot of different companies. Um, it's in a total, It's not even for me. It's for a friend, actually. And oh. it's a huge project. Like We've had to hit up some CNC machines. We've had to like wow. custom make stuff. Um, it's, that's a big one, and that's going to get done probably by the end of the month if everything goes as as planned so that's that's okay. kind of exciting um nice. there's one plus stuff the two phones the uh the right. eight and eight pro which are easily the best android phones of all time i'll just oh, say yeah. it like for sure nobody even comes close to one plus anymore they've cemented themselves yeah. as the top dog samsung yeah. i'm sorry um yeah. there's the iphone se that's coming out which yeah. is less exciting, but also quite exciting in the fact that many people are going to buy this because it's such a great deal. Yeah. Like I know most people who I go to school with, they have a 6 or 6S. Yeah. And they're going to buy this thing and they're going to absolutely love it. And that's, that's, yeah. that's exciting. And also yeah. the, uh, the Magic Keyboard dropping later this, week, uh, this next week, I guess, yeah. whenever this gets posted. But um, right. that's kind of exciting. I, am, I saw some recent videos where people got it early. And... Hmm. It's. I'm kind of concerned. Um, Why? Okay, so there's there's two reasons. So the one thing is the angle adjustment. That is a concern because in the video clips I've seen, you basically unfold it. It locks into like a laptop kind of position, so it's like right. you know like an L shape, and yeah. then you can tilt it back a little bit. Like we're not mm. talking full adjustment, like the Pro Display, or like I don't even think it goes as far as the the iPad goes with the smart keyboard case. I think it's like a very limited adjustment. That's one issue. The second issue is the weight. People are saying this thing is heavy. People are saying it is the exact same weight almost as the iPad itself. So those two things sound like deal breakers to me. And plus, in Canada, it's $450. Like, that is insane. So... I have mine coming in soon, and I'll give it a go, but right. those two things seem like the biggest detractors from a good experience. And I think I might end up going back to the smart keyboard after all of this, because the best things about the iPad are the portability and right. you know the flexibility of it. And right. like just having that, and you can't fold it onto itself to write notes, like that's an oversight. Um, so those two things kind of concern me. And I think as well as the, the price aspect, that is a lot of limitations for, for, a, for a case. So I don't know, but I guess we'll see. So besides those things, I guess we'll see what else comes out over the next few weeks. Like, is there anything else kind of big being launched? Yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I've, see, so yeah, I'm working on a, a video. I've got a couple of videos going on, but like nothing necessarily directly connected to the things that are launching besides the OnePlus devices, which I did get, which yeah. I'm super thankful for. Nice. Um, the So I, I'm probably going to do like either review or comparison on, on my channel. I've got, a, I've got a video for Android Police coming out soonish. I haven't started it yet, but okay. um, I've got it coming out, coming out soonish about, you know, the 8 versus the 8 Pro and like kind of which one to get. Um, I'm probably going to do like a, 
a quick video on my channel for probably the pro, honestly, um, and then probably yeah. maybe connect that somehow to dbrand. And I've also got a what's on my iPhone video coming out. I haven't done one this year, and so I thought I should because I've actually you know a lot of my apps have changed and all that, and some of them I really love playing with. So that's that's fun. Um, I'll probably do like a what's on my iPad video too, and then maybe what's on my Mac. Maybe do like three videos. Maybe. Yeah, definitely. Like I don't know. like over so, a, over a week or something, or yeah, like every so, week. Right. So yeah, so just got a few things coming on, and um, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But I'm pretty excited. I've got a video that I've finished filming. I just need to edit it. Oh, and nice. Publish it. So hopefully that comes out mm, by tomorrow night. Maybe mm, I don't know. I don't know if I have time, but we'll see. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited. And, and what, what's I'm that one on? Forward. That one's on uh, a sh- shoulder rig that I got from Small Rig. Oh, okay. Um, kind of like a little, little review or and slash explainer of what a shoulder rig is, what it's used for, and what it's good for. Um, plus some like sample footage that looks really nice and all that. Um, particularly because my girlfriend's in it and she's amazing. Um, hey. So um, <laughs> yeah, so that's that'll be fun. That should be coming out soonish. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm excited. But uh, just as we kind of close this out, where can people find you on the internets? Canoopsy, C A N O O P S Y. I'm on Instagram, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook, I might be on <laughs> Pinterest, I'm on TikTok, and other apps, but I can't remember what they are. So that's what yeah. I that's what, I, that's I, I am got. jealous of that, that you can just say one word and just search it anywhere and it just comes up. I'm Wait, so it's not, like, it's not like that for you? What do you no, mean? No, because I've, well, I mean, I don't have like, it's like Jackson H visuals on everything, but like oh. kind of not, but kind of, and it's just like annoying. I wish it was just Jackson Hayes everywhere because that would be easy and silly and just like done, but like I don't, <laughs> and it pisses me off. But um, yeah, I'm very, very, very um, envious of your, your ability <laughs> to have that. But uh, yeah, cool. Well, everyone, definitely go follow Canoopsy everywhere. You. His stuff is very, very beautiful and very, very well done. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Yeah, back at you. Huge thanks to Knoopsy for coming on the show. Definitely check out his stuff on the internet. Links in the show notes. Uh, if you're looking for some sweet music for your videos, podcasts, whatever, definitely check out Musicbed. They have a large royalty-free library that is fantastic for exactly that. I love them, and you can try them out for free for 30 days by checking out the link in the show notes. Using that link also helps support the show as well. Anyway, that's it for now. Talk to you soon. <laughs>